All right, welcome everybody to the Canberra Football Show, episode 22, MPLW preview. Uh, going back to back today, Michael, how's it going today? Yeah, good. It's um, it's a quick turnaround for us uh, than the normal. Um, you know, normally we've got the the week uh, before we do another uh, episode, but you know, right back into it. Last night we obviously uh, recorded the MPL uh, two preview, and now we're we're back doing the MPLW. So um, there's there's no time to to rest. That's for sure. No, definitely not. Not when the season looms, and more importantly, for you know family reasons, more when Easter looms as well. Yeah, you know I mean, better get it. <laughs> better do it. Better get done now before, you know, any family things occur. And we welcome back Jeremy Magan to the show for the first time since uh, the end of last year when we did that little uh, preview when they um, kicked out Monaro uh, from the Mm. MPLW. So, Jeremy, welcome back. How have you been? How's everything been with you since we uh, had you on the show last? Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, very good. You know, it's it was a it was Christmas period, and at the in my line of work in hospitality, it's when we're the busiest. So it was good to not have too much else to do. Uh, but as you know, I I kept going with my um with my French football podcast, uh, and uh, and I joined a group of French journalists for whom I write um, about Australian football, but in French. Uh, so I did like an article on MacArthur, an article on Western Wanderers, uh, an article on uh, on Posteco Glue. So I'm I'm having a bit of fun keeping in touch with football. Definitely looking forward to that season starting again. And obviously I've um, I've listened to the two podcasts that you guys have done already for for the previews. And uh, obviously great job as usual, boys. You guys are you guys are killing it. Uh, I'm looking forward Thank to the the whole season with you guys. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you, Jeremy. And before Michael starts with the first team. Tell us a bit about what you're going to be doing with Bar TV, with uh, the with the women's game, and what uh, what sort of games were uh, the listeners should be looking forward to in that regard. Yeah, well, look, it's it's a bit different than last year, right? Last year, where you were with me a fair, a fair few times, Matt, we only had um, eight games uh, to nine match days, so it's to do it plus the plus the final, and then this year it's 21 match days, so it's going to be. Uh, obviously, a longer season um, with with Russ Gibbs. We thought of communicated a little bit about the the first seven games to do a bit of, of commentary. I'm going to do mostly the Sundays, uh, so the, the later game, just because of other commitment. Uh, so Sunday at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. is where is where you'll see me. And then when there's important game, I'll I'll free myself from other commitment to try and uh, and do the commentary. But just like last year, I'll try and be as much as possible on the pitch. Um, commenting the game for NPLW with uh, with you and Marie, uh, and then writing still for Capital Football, the uh, the NPL wraps at the end of every weekend as well, just trying to follow as much uh, local football as possible. The season for uh, Canberra United has been pretty amazing, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing the, the local talent on the pitch as well. 100%. I'm looking forward to calling more games with you. I think uh, second round... Uh, because I'm off with uh, mm-hmm. Rust uh, Kuma that first round on the Sunday, so I'm with you okay, second round, Chandler. and I think we're in Tuggeranong, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, chain, uh, it is Tuggeranong, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's changing yet. Yeah, it's going to be Tuggeranong for the second journey. By the time, give me a quick second, and I'll find it straight away. Not a problem. Yeah, uh, so it's going to be... Now, there's a lot more Bar TV to come, like Russ said, he's going to be doing... I think tomorrow, well, by the time this score, uh, this uh, podcast goes out, we're already going to have, Russ is already going to be doing Queen City and Canberra Croatia and Brinda Bella and Wagga in the FFA Cup. Yeah. Do you have you the game? Busy. Man. 
Yeah, Togunong Waga. We're going to do in the second second week. There we go, Michael and Sam. Anyway, we're going to be talking about them, I'm sure, in its upcoming podcast. Michael, do you want to kick us off with the first team? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, obviously, we've got uh, Belconnen United uh, with the coach, uh, Michael Zukowski. Uh Last season in 2020, they uh, finished uh, second uh, and they uh, made the final uh, last year against uh, Canberra, Croatia, but unfortunately, they came up short and they finished uh, runners-up. Uh, before we delve into uh, Belconnen a little bit deeper, uh, Jeremy, what are the um, key ins and outs uh, for Belconnen uh, this season? Well, I guess one of the key in and out is, is the head coach, right? Michael Zakowski coming in. Uh, Ahmed Ugul, we knew during the final last year that um, he was out and going to uh, to coach the men's still at Belco. Uh, but Michael Zakowski coming in with the um, the successful um, successful season he had, sorry, with the reserves uh, at Olympic is a very, very good. Uh, I guess I was going to say it's a good steal for Belconen, but it's also... When I talk to him, it's also his dream job. Um, so he's he's a, it's a chill for him as well. Uh, besides that, on the pitch, um, they lost they lost some experience again. Uh, just like last year when we talked about it, losing players that have been here for a while can be complicated. And now they are used, they're about to lose Jesse Rasha, uh, who's here for the weekend uh, with the team, but he's is moving to to Queensland. Uh, they are losing Catherine Brown as well, another um, W League stalwart that has been at Belconnen for a while. Uh, and Jessica Giovinazzo, their goalkeeper, uh, is also out. As far as the in goes, uh, I think the goalkeeper, they've probably scored the best goalkeeper of the competition last year, Cristina Esposito, very, very good goalkeeper, very comfortable on her line, uh, improved her uh, um, game ball to fit all season, and I interviewed her for, uh, for Capital Football at the end of the season. She wasn't sure she was going to be in Canberra, so it's great to see such talent staying in the city and Belconen getting a, a goalkeeper that's, I guess, is maybe what can change their fate when they go, if they go back to the finals. Uh, besides that, Olivia Bomford came from Olympia City, uh, Talia Backhouse and uh, Cassia McLashen, who both weren't playing this year, but have a good history with uh, the NPL in Canberra, are back. And then uh, Sarah Johnston's coming from the Ilawa. Stingrays, obviously, great team in the um, New South Wales. Uh, and the last one, no, that's it. I think that's all I have for the ins. Uh, good, definitely good recruitment from Michael. Uh, picked some important talent where it matters. Um, oh, no, sorry. Zabel is the last one that I forgot in defense, who's also actually the vice captain uh, for, for Michael Zakowski. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he picked up a good amount of uh, experience. We know that Belconen likes to promote their youth. Uh, so I think he got the right people to be able to, uh, you know, help the youth grow properly. Most definitely. I think sort of just to talk about the coaching um, change that they've got uh, this season with Michael Zukowski, um, you know, making his um, debut coaching uh, first grade um, appearance uh, at Belconen in the MPLW. Um, we obviously talked about the success that he had uh, with uh, the under-23s Olympic side uh, last season. Um, obviously, you've touched on it there, Jeremy. They've gone through uh, quite a bit of uh, changes. They're still a very good, uh, obviously, a very good side uh, that will no doubt be, uh, you know, fighting for the title this season. And that uh, addition uh, in the goalkeeping spot, uh, like you said, could change, uh, could prove to be the difference of them when they finished uh, runners-up last year to um, going that one step further and clinching the grand final uh, this season, if they get there. Um, 
you know, they, they looked very strong uh, in the in the uh, charity shield match uh, as well, which is a real statement of uh, intent. Um, as obviously they look to uh, regain the title. Um, they had a very good showing from um, 15-year-old uh, Ewan uh, who, who uh, scored a brace. Uh, so th- there's a lot to expect from Belcon. They've had a lot of changes, but they've um, they've bought in uh, well. Uh, they've they've uh, hired a right uh, a good candidate uh, for for the coaching position. Uh, Matt, uh, any any thoughts on uh, Belcon uh, United? Obviously, they fell short uh, last season, and they'll be uh, obviously more than wanting to uh, get back to that position uh, this season. But obviously, uh, look to put the result in their favour. Yeah, Belconnor were put into a difficult position last year, uh, mostly because, well, number one, you're always going to be in a difficult position when you've had your coach for ten years and he's, you know, he's he's and he's moved on. Anthony did a fantastic job. I actually had a chat to him since he's now the assistant coach of Tigers. Uh, he still knows the women's game very, very well, so we should bring him on for a here for here for an episode for the women's game as well as him talking about Tigers. I'm sure one one day this season, but. Uh, of course, Ahmed only found out he was going to take over, I think, three weeks before the season started, and that was post-COVID as well. He was only supposed to be the assistant, so immediately he was uh, thrown in the deep end. Uh, but I thought he did very well. He um, he improved a lot throughout the season, and not just uh, did he improve um, in terms of the way he uh, led the team, he also improved in terms of just you know, you know the way he uh, you know spoke uh, you know spoke to the media, spoke to us. He, he you could just tell his confidence was just growing. So I think it was a great. Um, season for Ahmed and you're going to, and he's coaching 18s this year at Belco. He's, he's another great up and coming coach. So Belco seem to have quite a few good up and coming coaches with uh, Zukoski and uh, Ahmed's uh, going to do some big things. Don't be surprised if in a couple of years or five years time or whatever the number is, you see him coaching first grade for uh, Belcon and he's a very, he's got a very, very good mind in that regard. But one thing that I think uh, hurt Belcon last year is that they lost Alexia Fauna. Uh, when she got injured, she was, I mean, we, Jeremy and I called a game against, uh, I think it was against Tagadong, and she absolutely killed it that game. I think they won 8 0. She scored at least two goals, set up a few. She was an absolute beast in the middle of the park. So we'll see. I'm not, uh, maybe Jeremy has an update on her. I'm not sure where her, um, how she's, she's going training. at the moment with her injury, but. Um, she's back at training. Um, like I spoke quickly with you to Michael about her, and I've seen her post on social media uh yeah she's back at training slowly she's trying to work as much as possible without putting too much weight on her on her knee they are still thinking you know three four months out mm. also so maybe even halfway through the season she might be able to come back which would be a massive plus for them that's what that's probably where they hurt uh, got hurt last year and and they were just and at the end of the day they were just up against the canberra croatia side that were just too good even when they didn't play well in a few of the games at the start of the season, they knew they could find a way to win. And um, like we're going to mention it with the next team, but when you got some of the players that Canberra Croatia does, uh, they were just a, a steam train. I think we said throughout the season. And I think Belconnen this year, I saw, I saw them. I saw the charity shield match. Ewan looked very, very good. Bonford looked good as well. A lot of the team looked really good. And let's not forget, uh, I mean, obviously, Jessie Rashard's a, 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 a big loss, not just for her skill, but also just for her leadership. She's been in that team for, for a very long time. But when you talk about leadership, um, they've still got uh, Michaela Thornton, one of the very best players in the league. She's the complete player for them. She can, she's, uh, she's very, still very quick. She can go in behind, uh, in behind the defense. She scored quite a few goals in the preseason as well. She's obviously a bit of a pit bull in midfield, very uh, very tenacious, wins most of her tackles. 
And then also she can keep, and she's also very good at distributing the ball. So as long as they've got a, a Michaela Thornton to anchor that midfield, along with the great new young players they've got, uh, I think Belko are going to be very, very good this season. And I'm glad you pointed out Christina Esposito as well, because I remember that game that we did last year against uh, Gungal, and she was fantastic in that. And she's by far one of the best keepers in the league. I think that's a fantastic acquisition for Zukowski. So with Zukowski expecting to use the pillars of the team like Thornton and um, expecting to bring through a lot more youth like Ewan because he does run his own academy FC Canberra City here in Canberra and he's all about bringing through uh, he's all about bringing through the youth so uh, don't be surprised to see players like Ewan and if he stays on next year as well more uh, uh, youth players from Belcon but I'm looking for uh, they, I think they're going to give this season a real crack there was a real statement of intent like Michael said when they beat Canberra Croatia. Uh, even though they didn't have, even though uh, Grace Gill and Palombi didn't start. But in saying that, though, they made a count when it counted. So I think it's going to be a real tight race between Belcon and Canberra Crash this season. It's a toss up. Anyone can win. Any one of those two can be there. And let's not forget Gagalan as well, which we'll mention later on. Absolutely. Are we ready to move on, Matt? I am. Jeremy, any last words on Belco or are we on to Canberra Croatia? Uh, no, I guess, I guess we're looking forward to it. I think it's it's good that you point out the work that Ahmed did last year. Uh, I think he really did a good job with Belkonen, like you said, being thrown in the jeep and on a short season uh, with that many changes, with not himself being in charge of actually bringing the player that he wants. Uh, so I think you know they're, they're still in that transition mode where you've lost Anthony and you've lost some of your players and you're rebuilding. Uh, so, you know, as much as that was a statement this weekend, that win against Canberra Croatia, uh, I think that we're still going to need, you know, a fair few games to see uh, the, the Zakowski uh, touch on, on Belkonen because starting a season with uh, look what looks like it's going to be five or six new starters compared to last year uh, can't can't be easy for for any team as good as Belkonen is. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing a, a whole season. I can definitely see them maybe not starting the best way possible, but halfway through uh, hitting their groove and and being a real contender, obviously. And one of their main contenders will, of course, be the current champions. Cam Croatia, very, very successful season for Nick Brosnich in his second season in charge, I believe it was last year. Uh, they finished first in the ladder. Uh, they won every game, I believe. And just through the whole campaign, they won every game. And they, of course, won the grand final 2-0 on the day. Um, so they were a very, very dominant team last year, Jeremy. So what uh, was it? Was there much uh, ins and outs at uh, Canberra Croatia? No, not a lot. And I think uh, that's what's going to make them even more dangerous, right? Uh, they're losing only three players. Grace Field, the, the most important, I guess, of those three players without disrespecting anybody. Uh, Grace Field, who was a, a st- in the starting 11 almost every game last year, uh, who's taking a, a sabbatical this year. Uh, Christina uh, Grauer-Campos, who was mainly playing in reserve and, and getting into some games. Uh, and Anna Bennett, who played, um, I think, the first game and then was injured last season. So didn't play, didn't see a lot of the ball. So those are the three players that are leaving um, Canberra, Croatia. They are getting um, Jennifer Bissett, Jennifer Bissett, um, W League player, coming from Apia Lakiard as well, who was Lakiard, sorry, who was playing in, in SW. Um, Olivia Fogarty, Ronnie Juna, um, and Chantel Jones uh, coming back to be, uh, I guess, the best second goalkeeper you can ever have in uh, in the NPLW. Um, so yeah, it's it's not a lot of changes. They are keeping the core of their team. Uh, they are adding a midfielder, a midfield like Jennifer Bissett, who's probably going to come in and 
be the top two or three midfielder in the um, in the comp. So Nick seems quite confident. You know, he's uh, we we know him. He's talking like nothing is ever done, and it's game after game, and um, it's a game of chess. So he's he's making sure he's taking his time and he's observing what other coaches are. Uh, I quickly touched base with him after the the loss, and he didn't seem to phase. If anything, it's a bit of a uh, that pressure is out. They're not the undefeated team anymore um so he's he's definitely ready for the season so he's so is his whole team uh and you know as long as you have a grace gill a britney palombi in your team you almost can't write plus 20 in the goal four for the end of the season so once you have this uh it's about making sure that um they deal with the adversity the same way they did last year which is whether you play well or bad make sure you score when it matters uh, and then the, the three points will come it's going to be interesting to see how uh, that chemistry sort of uh, continues to build this season for Canberra Croatia. Michael, any thoughts on Canberra Croatia this season? Yeah, I think we've touched on some really good, uh, some really good uh, aspects uh, there in terms of uh, how they're um, heading into uh, this season. I'm not surprised that Nick uh, Brosnich wasn't too concerned about the charity shield uh, result, given their performances, um, Last season when they went undefeated, and not only were they undefeated, but they won every game uh, as well. Uh, they were absolutely um, sensational. And we always hear the narrative of when, you, um, when you're when you a title-winning team, you don't want to change uh, too much uh, to, to your playing group. Uh, and, um, you know, they've, they've proved that. They, have, they haven't made too many uh, additions. They've kept the squad relatively the same. I mean, you touched on uh, the absence of, uh, great skill and how important that will prove to be throughout uh, the season, especially considering that they've got uh, the title uh, to defend with uh, Belconnen looking to uh, come back uh, and, and regain that uh, th- this season in 2021. So, I mean, uh, I mean, can we expect it to be uh, those two um, at, the, at the top of the standings come the season end? I think we, we could uh, just on the basis of what we've already discussed and how good both teams are going to be, but, uh, like we'll dissect further as this uh, preview goes along, there's uh, other quality teams uh, in this competition that will be looking to, um, you know, knock knock those uh, two off their perch. Um, but uh, Canberra Croatia, they were fantastic last season. They played good football. Um, you know, obviously they were undefeated. They were perfect. Um, so uh, do we think they can <laughs> go undefeated again? No, because, uh, you know, it's a, it's not a shortened season again. Uh, they've got uh, a lot more games to play this year, but uh, the more games, the better. Um, so it's going to be uh, a great uh, a great uh, spectacle and a great season. Uh, and we can expect a lot from Canberra Croatia, obviously, because of the quality that they have. Yeah, I certainly think we can. And you mentioned the Charity Shield there. And I, I when I... When I talked with, um, when I covered the game on the on the weekend, Bell North v Belco with um, with Grace Gill, I've chatted a bit to her at halftime about how how the game went for them, and she said, "Yeah, look, it was very disappointing, you know, considering that they lost." But uh, she did look at the bright side and said, "Look, you know," uh, and I, I mentioned, you know, as soon as she came on, immediately there was an impact. Uh, immediately she made an impact, and immediately not only, not only did she make an impact, the rest of the the rest of the team made an impact. Um, Fogarty really benefited from uh, Palombi and, and and Gil coming on. Uh, you, you saw with their goal, uh, Palombi made a great run down the line, brings it into Gil, and then she uses her skill to pass it on to Fogarty, who had a great finish there. So not only uh, when when you've got great someone like Grace Gill and Brittany Palombi on the team, not only does it 
not only do they have the skill, but they also have the leadership to bring everybody up. As soon as, you know, someone like Grace Gill comes on field, boom, immediately everyone else is lifted. Everyone else can, you know, everyone else is ready to sort of, um, you know, uh, get it, get out of whatever funk they were in and, and uh, continue and continue to, um, and continue to do, to do well in that regard. Uh, for Canberra Croatia, uh, other aspects as well. The defense, they were pretty good uh, last year defensively as well. Fenson was a standout. Uh, she did really, really well. Rough and tough defender there. A lot of people aren't going to win the ball from her. And um, they did, yeah, they, uh, and let's not forget, of course, uh, Hagen as well. Uh, she did very, very well, especially in that final. I thought she was one of the standouts, uh, one of the unsung heroes that no one really talked about that performance too much, but she was an absolute beast in the middle of the park. So not only can they do it going forward, they've also got a very good strong defensively. Nick's very well-minded, like Jeremy mentioned there. Every When I chatted to him preseason, said the same thing. Game after game, he's not taking any game for granted. And even if they, even if people think, I think they were, I think that a charity shield will, will have, will have changed their mind. So, um, but look, they're definitely going to be one of the favorites this year. And, and um Camper Crash have to, Sybil's out, they have to be considered one of the favorites. They're still a very, very strong unit. They've got a very good chemistry, as you can see from their Instagram page. Everyone, everyone, everyone likes each other well and gets along well. So, and let's not forget chemistry is also a big part of a successful team. Jeremy, any um, last words on Canberra Croatia before we move on? Should we, should we bet on Brittany Parambi getting golden booth two years in a row? <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there a bet going on with Monia on there? I, I can... I cannot see her not winning it, so we'll see. We'll see if I'm. Oh, there is actually Sykes as well. Let's not forget that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, It'll be a tight race. <laughs> and any last words on that, or? I, I'm looking forward to seeing them play. I think I, I really enjoy. I really enjoy Nick's way of coaching. I really enjoy his analysis of the game and um, and how he's able to not sort of change his whole game plan, but modify his strategy, especially in the midfield. We've seen last year so many times, Grace Gill dropping down, working up, uh, going down as well as almost number six uh, when he was needed. I'm looking forward to him, uh, you know, playing against the Belkon and the Gongalen um, and, and seeing how he can turn a game by sheer sense of coaching and by the fact that he's picking the right leader on his team, you know, Grace Gill, Krista Hagen, Alice Churchill um, are are all players that he knows he can count on and he knows he can give them the keys to, to his team. So uh, it's, it's been a pleasure watching them last year. I'm sure it'll be the same this season. And actually, before I move, uh, we move on to the next team, I forgot to say, let's not forget, um, they can score from, uh, how many goals did they score from outside the box last year between Grace Gill, Palombi? Those two especially can just score from anywhere on the park. So that that's another asset, you know, in 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 the uh, Canberra Croatia Arsenal that you can't deny, especially if they decide to play uh, in some of the maybe some matches. Nick might decide to play Grace a little, you know, further back in midfield to sort of replace Grace Field there. Maybe um, so they've got a lot of options. Canberra Croatia. Um, mm-hmm. All right, moving on next. Who is our next team, Michael? Yeah, so we've got Canberra Olympic uh, with uh, Nicole Begg. Uh, at, at the helm uh, for her first season in charge. Uh, in 2020, they uh, finished fourth. Uh, so they finished in the top four. Um, they, they were a very um, exciting side uh, to watch uh, last season. Uh, obviously, they accomplished a great feat by making the uh, the, the top four. Um, Jeremy, what are the ins and outs uh, at 
that, that, have, that have occurred at Canberra Olympic. But before you get onto that, um, I have to go and move my car for my brother. So I'm going to quickly do that. I hope <laughs> that you two can hold the, uh, the convo going and I'll be back as soon as possible. So uh, don't miss me too much. <laughs> all soon, good, all Mike. good. See ya. I love it how we have banter every episode. This is great. So um, good. <laughs> between a phone or a car, there's, there's a lot of bloopers for our Instagram. So it's going to be great. Nice pants, Michael. <laughs> so let's, uh, yeah. So yeah, you mentioned um, Canberra Olympics. So Jeremy, what are the ins and outs of Canberra Olympic? Yeah. Oh, what, like you said just before, I think the most important is the non-out of Ashley Sykes, right? We thought last season, at the end of the season, that she was just a, a one and done and that she was not going to play a second season. Well, she was, uh, wasn't she? She was maybe, until a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, she was out until a couple of weeks ago. Exactly, the uh, the, the sisterly love probably uh, probably helped, back. and uh, Nicole must have uh, either bribed her or threatened her one way or the other uh, to make sure that she got a she got a striker or a sister back, uh, which is obviously great for Canberra Olympic and the whole competition. Uh, on the outside, they're losing the rest of their they've lost the rest of their striker, Lily Dawson and Eleanor Jones, uh, both scored quite a few goals last season and they're not going to play this year. Obviously, Nicole uh, Begg herself, you know, 10 goals last season, isn't going to play because she's uh, she's on the bench. And Emma Guo, their other striker, is also out. Uh, the last player that they've lost is uh, the two last players, so yeah, non as important, Angelica Pahina, the goalkeeper, and Abigail Stanton, the second goalkeeper, who ended up playing the semi-final, uh, are both out um, out of Olympic. As far as the ins, Anna Bennett, that we mentioned from Canberra, Croatia, is in, uh, and then they've picked up uh, quite a bit of experience from Western Canberra. West Canberra, excuse me, I'll get used to that new name, West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, so they picked up Lucy Darcy, Ayesha, uh, Deandrade, please forgive me if I... Um, misspelled your name, uh, Jemima Miller-Carton and Anna van der Broek, all from West Canberra, coming over. And then the goalkeeper for the season will be Aurelia Haynes, who was um, keeping for the reserve of CUA last season. Uh, besides that, Audrey McLaren uh, from CUA is coming as well. And uh, Zoe Seremet from the Monaro Panthers. Uh, so some good recruiting, some good experience. We, we said that the last season that that team was young um, and they decided to get players who knew how to play together, the four from West Canberra, uh, and also who have enough experience in uh, the competition to be able to help Nicole relay her message on the field, right? But obviously, the most important, I think, is the fact that Ashley um, can play again, Ashley Sykes. And, you know, we know that um, last year she missed half of the season because of injury. So hopefully uh, she's going to be okay with, with her body, with her ankles. Uh, but if she's there, um, eight goals in five games last year, uh, she can be a game change, a game changer for any team, uh, even more for for Olympic. The, the one thing that uh, I want to mention with, with players is, um, unfortunately, Ella Hemmings is injured. Uh, you know, we sang the praise, uh, we sang Ella's praise last year. Great pants, Michael. Just great, great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is this beautiful. I have, I'm oh, wearing my blue pants, oh, sort of coordinated, oh, but the other way around. I've got the Nike, um, <laughs> Nike trackies on, so. <laughs> Showing everyone that you still work out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, to, to finish on, on the ins and outs, and uh, not having a Mings to start the competition will be a bit of a blow for, for Nicole Begg. Her um, a partnership last season in, in defense was, was pretty good. She had the speed uh, and the intelligence ball to fit. Um, so she's going to miss the beginning of the season, but she'll be here after. I think... 
Seeing Nicole coaching for the first year is going to be very interesting. She's in a situation where she's picked up the team almost halfway through the preseason. Um, but she is how amazing was she leading the team from the from the field last season, right? It looks like whenever she was on the field, the whole team was lifting. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why she tried to convince her sister to come back and play because she knows that whenever Ash Sykes is going to be on the field, the whole team is going to play better because the whole team is going to be inspired by the former player of the year in W League. 100%. And, I th- and you mentioned there... Um... Would, uh, Andrew Woodman stepping down. He's done a great job, obviously, at Olympic over the years, especially last year. I thought they did really, really well. And, and Nicole Begg herself, yeah, she was supposed to um, coach reserve grade. She didn't have too, too, too long, really, to work as reserve grade before she was called up. And not only does she bring a lot of experience on the field, but that is that, that like you mentioned, that's a lot of, that's a lot of experience herself that won't be on the field. Let's not forget, she, there was even a match we call where she ended up playing center back. Um, for a bit. Do you remember that one? It was, I think it was against CUA. She ended up playing center back for like half the game and she did very well there as well. So um, Olymp- that's, 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 that's a big loss in the center of the park in terms of leadership. But like you said, at least they've got Ashley Sykes back, which is a massive amount of leadership. And they did, you mentioned how they got a lot of players from West Canberra Wanderers. They sort of raided, raided their cabinet a bit. Um, they sort of raided their uh, Arsenal a bit, getting uh, four players, I believe you mentioned there. Um, all quality yeah, players. We've all seen them uh, play very well for West Canberra Wanderers. And I guess it sort of helps because when you're bringing in new players, at least the majority of these new players have all played together. So it's not like no, you're, you it's not like you're starting afresh with the, with the chemistry. You're at least, you've, you're at least halfway with the chemistry, if that makes sense. Sure. I'm in, I'm very intrigued to see how, I'm very, very intrigued to see how, um, uh, word, how, um, not word, how, um, Olympic. Canberra Olympic go this season. Uh, like you said, you mentioned um, Rebella De Andrade there, and also uh, Vanderbrook, and all these players. They're, they're all they're all they they're all good players, and they can all add something to this side. And like I mentioned with the chemistry, I'm I, and I'm and I'm really intrigued to see how Nicole Begg goes as coach because we all know she's got a great footballing brain. When I had a chat to her, it was um, um she she had an idea, she had a very good idea of what she wanted to do with the team, and let's not forget how how much uh, the Sykes sisters in general are respected uh, in Canberra. So uh, like, I think she made a joke there saying like, um, she said a joke to me like, well, you know, uh, half the players have, you know, I've played with them half before so they can, you know, sort of joke, joke around with me and half the new players can't. But at the end of the day, everyone, uh, every, uh, all, 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 all the uh, players respect uh, the Sykes sisters uh, tremendously. And she's a great leader. So I'm, I, I won't be surprised if uh, Canberra Olympic made the top four, but like we said, it might take a little bit of time just to uh, get it clicking. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how Canberra Olympic go this season. And I wouldn't count them out for top four, in my opinion. Michael, any uh, last thoughts of uh, Canberra Olympic before we move on? Yeah. I mean, besides the fact that I had to jump (laughs) off and, and, uh, and jet, I missed a large uh, chunk of that um, segment, but um, look, I, I think, the like you touched on it there, Matt. I think with the top four finish that they had last season, um, you, you, you could expect them to um definitely get back inside uh the top four again this season. I think they showed a lot of promise uh last season. Uh, I, I don't think it was expected of them uh to have such a successful season uh under um Andrew Woodman. Uh, but uh, like 
uh, I'm sure you two have nailed on the head. He he had a, a fantastic um, season last year coaching those girls and and uh, getting them believing uh, that they're a good enough side and getting them in that top four. So it'll all be uh, about building on that foundation uh, heading into the 2021 season. They've got uh, great talent that, that you mentioned there that they've acquired from uh, predominantly at West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, they've got Nicole Begg now in the coaching helm. So uh, th- th- there are a few changes. They've made some great additions as well. So hopefully that takes them uh, a level up from what we uh, witnessed uh, last season. And Jeremy, any last thoughts from you uh, on Canberra Olympic before we move on? Yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't talk about uh, about Andrew. I think the culture that he brought into this team is very important. I think the X factor for, for them as far as Nicole Begg is coach is that she was coaching reserves. So she she already has built a group under her first team, uh, first grade group, which is performant and who knows how she wants to work. So that's going to add some competition into her uh, first grade team. And that's only beneficial to the level of football in general in her team and She's a, she's a former defender, so I expect her to make sure that they don't concede too much to start with. Uh, but then, yeah, when you have Ashley up front, uh, scoring goals should, should come easy as well at O'Connor. It, it, it's, it, like I said, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how Canberra Olympic go this season. Now, moving on to Canberra United Academy. Uh, they are this year... Uh, Vicky Linton is the coach, but of course, she's still... Um, occupied with the senior Canberra uh, United women's who are doing a fantastic job right now. And um, you can see the Michelle Heyman uh, jersey in there, in the background of Jeremy's camera there. Um, So, and after the finals, uh, she's going to take a bit of a a break from what uh, Jeremy found out. And Eddie Senatore is going to be the interim coach um, until Vicky returns. Now, and the last year they were coached by the Seaway director, Scott O'Donnell. So uh, this will be, when she comes back, this will be Vicky's uh, first season in charge. Like I said, she's already going to be on a high once she gets back uh, from her break. Uh, it doesn't matter how well they even, doesn't matter how well they do in the finals. They've already done a fantastic job this season. So naturally she's going to be on a high, especially in her first season here. And straight away, she's going to come and uh, work with the future. And she's already worked with a few of them um, uh, that have been a part of that senior setup. So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how she works with the rest of the juniors. Uh, last year, they came fifth. That's some very good performances. Jeremy, uh, what are some of the um, uh, the ins and some of the uh, the graduates? Let's not say outs, the graduates. Graduates, indeed. Uh, Haley Taylor-Young, I guess, the, the most famous yeah. of those graduates, uh, who's playing with uh, Canberra United as well uh, this season, who's, who's played quite a few games as well, uh, walked working in almost every single game, uh, has graduated. Um, Isabel David, their goalkeeper, has graduated as well. Uh, and then they lost uh, Katie Teo, one of their two uh, centre-back, uh, who's out to Sydney University. Aurelia Ains, as we said, is at Canberra Olympic to be their new keeper. Uh, and Alex Giddis, who scored quite a few goals for them uh, last season and who's uh, very important on their wing, is uh, also out. As far as the player that they've gained, uh, they got uh, three players from Belconen that are very interesting to get. Latisha Babic, Jayla Murphy, and Maya Osmond. Maya Osmond, who played a few games in MPL um, W last season and who scored a couple of goals, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they also are getting Chloe Lincoln from uh, Football New South Wales Institute, which is, I guess, the Canberra United of New South Wales, right? Um, so they, I spoke to AG a little bit. 
like you said, Vicky is going to take um, probably a break after the season is over because she came in what last season with two games left. We saw the change that she made already. Uh, and then she probably hasn't had a break having to form the team for the W League, not knowing when he was going to start. Um, so AJ Senator is, is expected to be on the bench uh, for a while. And from what he told me, because he's coaching the reserves as well, right? Uh, they are just treating reserve and first grade as one large group uh, and he told me that they are very big on considering Canberra United not Lady Academy not as an NPLW team but more as that what what their blood is supposed to be which is uh, a, a team that is here to teach players how to play an, an actual academy where the results don't matter as much as let's make sure we always play positive football and let's make sure we don't um, you know we don't get bored or we don't just think about the result and we just keep being challenged. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Vicky with her experience um, brings to that team through AG first and then when she's by herself on the bench. Uh, Michael, any thoughts on uh, Canberra United Academy this season? Of course. I think just to touch on Vicky uh, Linton uh, there. Um, so she's done a fantastic job, obviously, with um, Canberra United uh, this season. Um, it's been fantastic to see, I think, from a neutral um, sort of Canberra uh, perspective uh, whilst we've been sort of watching the W League competition. So um, it's good to see that a Canberra team's uh, do, doing well and that we're back in uh, finals football uh, in, the, in the W League, which is great. Um, I think when we talk about Canberra United Academy, we, we're always uh, sort of fixated on the idea that they're a great uh, technical side, uh, but they, they always have been. I think it's always been... Um, uh, a main uh, focus area uh, for them when they develop, um, you know, their, their youngsters uh, from a young age right right up until, um, you know, the the uh, top level here in the MPL uh, uh, W where um, they focus uh, on possession-based uh, football. Um, they're a great, uh, as I mentioned, they're a good, uh, and from that uh, heavily possession-based style that you, that they implement, um They've got great technical players. Um, they physically might not be um, obviously uh, able to mix and match with some of the best of them in the in the MPLW. But if we're talking uh, from a technical standpoint, uh, they've got some really great players uh, that will obviously continue to develop, uh, and obviously that will um, enhance as they uh, play in a tw- uh, in a uh, longer season uh, uh, this time around in 2021. So. Um, I think we can expect Canberra United Academy to obviously keep playing with that style of football that we're so used to seeing. Um, it'll just be a test to see how they go um, physically again uh, this season, which uh, probably hurt them uh, from being able to make the top four uh, last season. So um, that will really uh, test them uh, if, if they want to make that leap from um, just missing out last season to creeping in. Uh, this season, but it will be tough. Uh, there, there are a, a lot of good teams uh, th- this season that will be looking to uh, get in get in that top four to secure finals football. So uh, we'll just have we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But it's uh, it's going to be entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, I thought you brought up a great point about the physicality there. Uh, Jeremy mentioned a lot in his articles last year. Very technically good, but unfortunately, some of the physicality would and like for example, it, against teams like Canberra Croatia, it's a perfect example, right? Um, you've got Hagen in midfield, you've got Fenson in defense there, Grace Gill up top. It's a bit like when those like, and even like when they play against Belco and you play against Michaela Thornton, those sort of players that are just physically just dominant on the ball. 
And most, you know, nine times out of 10, they're not going to win those uh, dominant challenges. That's mostly the reason. And naturally, a lot of these players are younger. So that's mostly the reason why the philosophy of CUA is to play possession-based football. So I think, uh, so like like you said, it's it's all about uh, growing these players. And if they continue to play positive football, and if they don't make top four, but they finish like fifth or something, it'll be considered a good season and a good pathway for the likes of like, Hayley Taylor Young just graduated, but likes of the Grove sisters who um, Jeremy, uh, I swear some of the, all, of all the players Jeremy mentioned last year, the Grove sisters, I think were, uh, were one of the main ones I always heard Jeremy say. It was always stuck in my head. I Sasha some, Grove, Sasha I have Grove. some real Sasha Grove stock yeah. in my portfolio. <laughs> Pro- proper <laughs> Sasha Grove stock. Oh, such an amazing, such an so, amazing player. So uh, Jeremy, any last thoughts before Michael moves us on to a, our next team? I guess since we're talking about Sasha Grove, right? Uh, what a good message from from Vicky Linton to call her up to to train with the W League uh, team and to actually coming into a few games as well. And I think that's going to be a change as well this season with Canberra United Academy. Last year, Scott being the coach, you know, maybe players wouldn't actually see that pathway to the to W League team. This season, the team, the coach that is coaching the first grade, sorry, the W League team is coaching the first grade. So you you have a way to impress that person who might actually uh, call you up and who has called up a couple of players. So I think uh, I, I'm excited to see that. And and the physicality that, that we talked about, I think on a 21-game season, what we're going to see is that, well, they are 17, 18-year-old girls who are going to play against uh, women, women that are a little bit older in other team, uh, and that could turn out to their to their advantage on a on a 21 game season. So that's going to be, I think, a, a very exciting season for the academy. Definitely, Michael. Uh, who is our next team? Uh, we've got Gungahlin United. Uh, so the coach there is Diego Iglesias. Uh, again, he uh, very much like uh, Olympic. Uh, they they had a fantastic season last year. Uh, Gungahlin United. Uh, under Iglesias, they finished uh, third uh, in the table in the 2020 uh, season. Uh, Jeremy, what are the key uh, ins and outs uh, when we're talking about uh, Gungahlin United? Because like I said, they had a great year uh, last year. They showed a lot of promise, especially against the likes of uh, Belconin United and Canberra, uh, Croatia, to name a few. Uh, what are some changes that, that have occurred um, at that club or if any? Not, not a lot of changes exactly, if any. Uh, they have lost two important players in defense, GC Du, uh, who was forming a, a great central defense with um, with Percival, and uh, Alex Patterson, who, who's um, who's a nurse and who obviously we thank for her work all, all year the, last year, uh, who has to focus on work more than she actually can can play, unfortunately, this season. And besides that, they also lost Tia Hayes, who, who had played a couple of games. Uh, they are getting um, Anna Wilkinson that are promoting from reserves and uh, Natalie DeMarco, the, the older of the two sisters is the older right uh yes. who, who's coming back from uh from injury to uh to add a bit of uh experience and uh and savoir-faire uh to that team great to see that the team is not changing a lot right last year they've been so good and they had some players that were here on their first season uh, so some caviar Cambra United Academy uh, players, Steffi Legends um, and, and Tanya Miro were playing their first season and, and now they're here again. It's such a young, dynamic group uh, with the experience of Kelly Tonini in keeper uh, of, of Percival that I mentioned in, in the midfield as well. Uh, I'm, I'm 
I'm so here for Diego Iglesias' football, uh, for the constant permutation. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to see uh, how they can play last year. Uh, I think they came up short as far as, you know, maybe the, the players not knowing each other enough towards the end of the season. Maybe a couple of injuries obviously came here to to make it a bit harder. Maybe the the lack of a of a real um, you know, a real killer in front of goals, a real striker. Uh, I think this season on a 21 game season, they're going to have time to actually build that confidence. And Diego Iglesias is a coach that really enjoys creating um, that dynamic in within his team. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a, a phenomenal season for Gangalin. They keep going one step over, one step over, uh, season after season. Uh, hopefully, you know, that's the season that we see them really challenging uh, the Canberra Croatia and, and the Bitcoin United until, until the very last game. Absolutely. I think uh, you've hit the nail on the head uh, there, Jeremy. I think they're a side that has just continually over the years gotten uh, better and better. And last year they were uh, an absolute joy to watch. You know, I've met uh, Diego uh, Iglesias. Uh, He's a great guy. Um, He's a very good coach uh, as well. And I think uh, you you touch on the style of football that that they play uh, as well. Um, And I talked about this with Matt a few times uh, last year, whenever we were talking about Gungahlin United in the MPLW, that that they've got such a good midfield. Uh, Obviously we talk about the um, DeMarco sisters uh, playing again or playing uh, with each other this season, Um, but they were able to rotate uh, players in the midfield and uh, they've got great technical players uh, in in that area as well. So they were absolutely stunning in, uh, in the midfield um, area of the pitch and, uh, I, I was going to say as well that, um, and this is something else I've talked to Matt about uh, when concerning uh, Gungahlin United, uh, Marcel Munoz and Diego Iglesias, obviously they've known each other for a long time. They're, um, they're great friends uh, and they actually, they bounce off each other really well. And, and when talking about Gungahlin United, they've always stressed uh, the philosophy of football that they've wanted to play, not only for their uh, teams respectively, but um, how they want Gungahlin United Football Club to play um, in general. And they start uh, with their teams at the top in their respective uh, men's and women's competitions. And uh, they've implemented a really um, good culture and uh, f- footballing uh, philosophy there uh, together that they just want to uh, continue to uh, develop. And we saw that with uh, Marcel winning the title, um, uh, not last season, but the season uh, beforehand. Um, and we've talked about, obviously, the improvements with uh, Gungahlin United uh, last season when they finished third. So um, they're going to continue to go uh, in the right direction. Uh, they're on the right path. Uh, and Matt, I guess, um, like, like I said, we did have those conversations uh, about Gungahlin United uh, last season um, in terms of their philosophy and, and uh, how, they, how they approached uh, games and how they actually performed last season. Um, what are your thoughts uh, on Gungahlin uh, heading into the 2021 uh, season? I, th- I think all of the I think all the thoughts are positive because, like Jeremy mentioned, keeping that core group together, um, adding some good additions to the to the side. It's all about the chemistry for them. They just keep improving, improving, improving upon year. Uh, you mentioned the the way they used to rotate players. I think that's that's very crucial. Uh, they love to play their game. Um, uh, my only concern would be if I'm, I'm sure Diego's 100% worked on this is a terrific coach, but for example, 
uh, one of the games Jeremy and I called last season uh, was it was Woden Weston at the time against Gungalan. Woden Weston nullified them and they, they were just able to, you know, stop them in every track and there was no way they were able to come out. Um, but I, I, even from then, clearly Diego worked on it because even in that match against Canberra Croatia, remember when they went down and it just didn't look like Canberra uh, Gungala were going to come back. They were, uh, Diego they made a few uh, tweaks and then boom, they're off. The, they're on their way. So I'm glad to see that um, they've got more flexibility in that regard as well, whenever they're not playing. Because whenever you've got a philosophy, you always need to find a way to combat if someone's able to tactically outmaster, you need to be able to find a way to, you know, to overcome that. And I, I, I thought, and um, so I'm sure Diego's more than worked on that uh, throughout the preseason, but um, obviously continuing with their philosophy as their main um, play. Um, yeah, I've talked about it before. Uh, Stella DeMarco did a fantastic job last year. Steffi Legions as well, filling in for centre-back for Sudu when she was injured. Um LK Tolu as well, Tiana Miro, a lot of these players that were just terrific last season. Um, my question to you, Jeremy, uh, and uh, before we move on, is who, who, who is going to fill in at that centre-back role with uh, D. Sudu gone? Is he going to use Steffi Legions there uh, because she played, uh, she filled in there last year? Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm curious if that'll be the case because obviously she has a lot to offer in defence, but she also has a lot to offer in midfield as well. She's got a lot of energy. I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to have Steffi Legends. I think we've seen how physical she got against Grace Gill, against uh, Grace Field when they play against uh, Canberra Croatia. Uh, and I think, you know, who doesn't love a centre-back who can actually get the ball out very comfortably and who's, who's that comfortable ball to fit. Um, so, you know, from the ins that we see, I don't, I don't, see anyone that not that I know every single player in his reserve team right but I don't see anyone who looks like uh, the actual fit to replace DC do but we've seen we've seen it you know we've seen it live we've seen Steffi and um and Percival her first name sorry um he's gone for me but uh, playing very well together uh so I would think that's that's one of the options um knowing Diego there's 20 other options behind it as well, whether it's uh, three people in defense or, or, you know, or five, one way or the other. So I'm sure he's, he's very comfortable. Um, but yeah, I think Steffi, from what we saw, um, has a lot, of, a lot to offer in that position. Um, and funnily enough, he's got so much talent in the midfield that he's probably um, more concerned about making sure that there's a two, two solid players behind that want to play centre-back than, than having Steph in the midfield because he's got such a, such a talent pool in there. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, he lines up in the first game in that regard. All right, now moving on, we have Tuggerong United, coached by Michael Aldred. Of course, he's been there for a while and they came eighth last season. Remember, there was only uh, there was nine teams last season, not eight. So they finished second last. It was a tough season for Tuggerong. To say the least. However, there was a few of those matches where they were able to, um, you know, sort of uh, fight, fight, fight back some of the competition, like against Gungahlin, I think it was as well, where it took them, it took them to the last twenty minutes for Gungahlin to score. That, way, yeah. uh, that was that was one of the ones that impressed me about Tuggerong. But uh, Michael's got, um, he's, a, he's he's a, he's a really good coach and he loves um, bringing through the youth there at Tuggerong. So Jeremy, what are some of the key ins and outs and key aspects generally of uh, Tuggerong in this off season? They're losing their goalkeeper. I think that's the the main out. I think Isabella Sanzari uh, with Cushina Esposito was was one of the best 
uh, keeper, although not playing for uh, uh, one of the top teams, uh, was a very, very strong goalkeeper. And, you know, she was driving down from Sydney every weekend. So so what commitment they, they are losing there. Uh, they're also losing um, Sofia Folaneto, who had just come in from um, the Monaro Panthers last year and, and was already uh, out for Togonong, unfortunately. Uh, and last but not least, uh, you know, Emma Stambury, who, uh, who came halfway through the season and who that created a real dynamic change within that team uh, who's off to obviously coach at uh, West Canberra Wanderers and who had a, a busy off-season, uh, Emma. Uh, in, they got uh, another couple of players from Monaro Panthers, Cassandra Guliemin, uh, young um, young winger who was pretty quick uh, on the ball and, and was good to see playing uh, for the Panthers. And Kenzie Ostruska, who's one of their um, striker. So so they are getting a bit of talent up front, which is what I think they needed. They are getting Sophie Rolf as a goalkeeper. Sophie Rolf was um, former goalkeeper at Gangalin. So an experienced goalkeeper who who's, I think is a good acquisition for Togrenong, who was away for football for a couple of years uh, and is going to come back in NPLW. It's hard to find talent in that position in NPLW, right? So getting somebody who already has the experience, uh, I think is a very good acquisition for Michael. Uh, and last but not least, Ashley Conlon, that we don't know, but that Michael tells me uh, a lot of good about um, coming from interstate, uh, who's their last recruit uh, in the midfield. I think um, very importantly for Michael, he kept the core of his team. You know, you still have uh, the Trident sister in the midfield. Um, you still have uh, Maddie Maggi up front, although she's, I think, recovering from an injury. She showed some really good stuff uh, last year. We still have uh, Jackie Freeman, who is very good ball to fit. Um, I think, unfortunately, Anne-Marie Sims, the young talent that we've seen a couple of times, uh, is not going to play this season. Um school getting in the way apparently it's not a it's not a final say but uh, from what Michael tells me she's probably not going to be lining up uh, this season besides that he, he's keeping the core of his players and he's you know Michael is a, is a talent builder he knows that he's in a, a small market and he knows that he can't necessarily always um, attract the likes of Emma Stanbury um, so he's trying to make sure that he's instigating a philosophy into who all his program from under 13 to NPLW and trying to make sure everyone plays uh, positive football as well. So what we'll see from him, I don't think he's playing the finals straight away, but still that build-up process where he's expecting to have a, a very solid program um, in NPLW next year or the one after, because right now he's under 15 and under 17 are performing well. Uh, and, and he's making sure that those guys are giving the chance um, to slowly play with the NPLW and to get a touch of senior football um, to have a, yeah, a, a program that is meaningful um, in South Canberra. And Michael, your takes on Canberra, sorry, Tuggerong United this season. Well, Tuggerong United, I think what I was going to say is uh, just to go off what Jeremy mentioned there about Tuggerong being a small market um, in comparison to the other clubs uh, in Canberra. It, it's exactly uh, the same issue that we've touched on um, with the men's, uh, team with Mitch Stevens at Togonong, uh United and how he's had to deal with um, being in a small market and not attracting the best players, but still developing uh, a squad that can compete. And I, I'm sure that's exactly what Michael Aldred will want to do uh, th- this season and put forward a better effort than the one that they did uh, la- last season. Obviously, I think to highlight um, their struggles in front of goal, uh, they only scored uh, six goals uh, last season, even though it was a shortened uh, season. 
Um, but it's I'm sure it's something that uh, that that they've been working on uh, in the off season in 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 the lead up to uh, the uh, this campaign. Um, uh, something else to note as well is that they they were still seeking players as recent uh, as the end of uh, February fire uh, their social media platforms and I think on behalf of you know not only myself but everyone here um, that they've been able to find the players that they need to make up the playing group. Um, I know it's not a great sign, but we never want to see uh, any of our clubs, you know, struggling to make up the numbers uh, uh, for a playing group. Um, you, you know what I mean? Uh, it's it, it can be difficult times, uh, especially trying to find talent uh, that can mix in well with your uh, with your playing group uh, as well. So I, I certainly hope that they've been able to make up uh, the numbers there and put forward um, a, a good. A decent enough playing squad uh, to compete uh, this season. I guess do any of you two want to sort of just bounce uh, off that sentiment um, at all uh, before we move on? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Especially with Minara gone as well. With with a less team, you, um, you hopefully they can um, find the players. It seems like they mostly have, from what uh, Jeremy said. But yeah, when I saw that, I was uh, yeah, I was I was a bit concerned for them. But it's good to see that. That it's happened. It even happened in like there's a few of the MPL two under twenty three sides. Like I think White Eagles, like Russ mentioned it to us yesterday when we recorded that they only just gained five five new players. So I'm glad to see that these clubs are able to find the players, especially when there is one less team. So there should be um, the room to fill the void in that regard. But yeah, in terms of uh, Tigron, before we move on, Mike, like you like you said, Michael's a very astute coach. He is a very resilient coach. He'll work, you know. He'll uh he he he's he he was telling me how when I met up with him, I, I actually never met him last year, so I met him this year. And when I met up with him, he was telling me how he, every coach, every women's coach there has a handbook of the way that he want of the way that the Tuggeranong system will, should work for the women's football. And um and I, I just I, he's he just he's so passionate about uh, all the coaches are passionate about. It. He was when when talking to um Michael, it was just so interesting talking to him about football. He's just. He's uh, definitely, if anyone talks to him about football, he's just an absolute, uh, I have a handbook. To about football. He was talking about this handbook and I've, I've never, yeah, he was explaining the handbook. It was, it was, it was great. So, um, yeah, look, uh, Tugger, they're going to find it difficult this year, uh, to, to break it down before we end, uh, round it off here. They're going to find it difficult. Weren't able, yeah, they lost a few of their best players. They weren't able to, uh, yeah, they weren't able, uh, you know, they were struggled for numbers. But at the end of the day, you know that you know Michael's not going to give up, and they're going to build a good platform for the younger players and for the 15s and 17s for the future. He's, and I think he is what he does. It's what he does the best, right? That handbook. When I speak to him last year for the first time, he was like, "You should see my handbook." I make sure that I build the right way. And then I was like, "Oh, I'd love to see it." And he sent it to me because it's. I think it's also like so. Um, it shows what kind of guy he is, right? You know, he could have been like, "Oh." like who are you to uh to look at my work it's my work and i'm going to only share it with my people uh but yeah he sent the handbook to me and that's that's an amazing piece of work it's what you know what any club probably would love to have such a such a detail uh culture and technical and tactical um handbook that any player can have access to that any coach has access to and, and can work off uh it, I, you know, I wish him the best of luck. Like I, sometimes I feel for him because it looks like every time I talk to him, I hear that another player got injured or decided to drop off to go to school. Um, but but I really hope that they can um, they can do something this year because he yeah he deserves he deserves some good results coming his way. Most definitely, and let's all hope that that's the case uh, this season. Their fortunes 
turn a little bit around for the better uh, in 2021. Um, moving on uh, to Wagga City Wanderers uh, with coach uh, Sam Gray. Uh, in 2020, they finished uh, seventh uh, in the league. Um, you know, it's another year of experience under the belts for Sam uh, Sam Gray's young team. Um, no, it's another year of um, of growth um, uh, and of, and of gained ability uh, to say as well. Uh, they uh, Gray eventually wants his side to be able to press for the majority uh, of games uh, rather than just uh, sections uh, of matches to say sixty minutes. Uh, they want to extend that out to obviously the full ninety minutes. He stated uh, that uh, in Matt's uh, interview that you can um, also locate uh, uh, on our Facebook page, uh, he showed um, they, they as a playing group they showed glimpses uh, of their play last season. Although it wasn't a successful season, finishing uh, seventh uh, in saying that um, th- they're still a side where everyone was ex- extremely uh, complimentary uh, after they after they faced them. Uh, a lot of coaches and players uh, in the cop. In the competition, sorry, we're we're impressed by what they uh, put forward and the and the poten- potential that they displayed uh, throughout the year. Uh, Jeremy, uh, any key uh, ins and outs concerning uh, Wagga City Wanderers uh, this season that we should keep a- an eye out for? Yeah, a, a few important outs uh, actually, and unfortunately for uh, for Wagga, uh, Miranda Walker, who uh, who was. I guess one of their more experienced players who, who had left probably with a couple of games left in the season last year uh, is not returning. Uh, Lisa Carey, one of the two Carey sisters, has gone to play for Albury. Uh, Maddie Harris, who was very, very important uh, in the midfield, um, is also out. She's going to uh, Wollongong. Kerry-Ann Byrne, Stacey Collins. Um, and I think the main out for Waga City, unfortunately, uh, Tess Vakari, such a, a talent up front who, unfortunately, in front of her eyes, uh, got injured last year in the um, in the little final uh, and did the ACL and uh, and he's going to be out most likely for uh, for a large part of the season. Um, so I'm not sure, not not being sure if she's going to be back this season. Um, we obviously we wish Tess Vakari the the best recovery and the fastest recovery. As far as the in um, that we know, we, we know Christina Grauer Compost, who used to play for Canberra Croatia. But besides that, Sam has basically recruited um, within the Riverina region. I mean, we know the, the talent that there is in this region. Uh, and he's recruited Kirili Cameron, um, Ashley Garrett, Sienna Graham, Ash Holder, Bronny McKin, Marie Matthew. Um, all of them from the region and then from Western uh, New South Wales FC, um, Abby Nolan Hodges. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know all those players, um, but I'll just base it on on my chat with Sam. He's pretty, uh, he's pretty excited about what his squad looks like this year. He's, he's a bit, you know, he obviously wasn't happy to lose the talent that he's losing, uh, but he's pretty comfortable that um, he's got some very good talent coming in and he's, he's still keeping um, sort of the core of the team. You know, the, the defense is still what it is. Uh, he's still got um, a very good keeper that last year, I think, uh, was also one of the standouts for Waga. Uh, and, and he's going to have that same play style that you you talked about, Michael, that same, you know, um, the desire to defend high, the desire to press uh, all along, the desire to put the team that are supposedly better on paper uh, to make them doubt for for more than half an hour, but for actually the 
the whole hour and a half. And I think this season being a full season, we're going to see the full extent of what that means. Uh, and I think this season as well, um, going to play to Waga will mean something a little bit um, different as well. Because if you have to go only maybe twice during the season and not all team have to go, it's different than if every single team is going to have to go once, make the trip all the way to, uh, to Western New South Wales. Uh, I think that could be a, a factor that's going to play in the season. Most definitely. Matt, you got any uh, thoughts uh, or feelings on this uh, uh, section? Yeah, Sam Gray, another very interesting character. When you have a chat to him, you could you could be on the phone for him for you know half an hour or something like that. He's, he, the guy can talk football for days. Uh, he's also obviously highly involved in that Wagga program over there. But I think you mentioned a good point there, Jeremy, with the uh, the players. And Michael mentioned as well with Tuggeron United. Um, it, it's sort of a similar market to them, but their market's more... Whenever the young, whenever the players get to a certain age, more than likely you're going to see them leaving for university um, because just where they're located. You see it. You, we talked about it with um, Ugali as well, um, or similar to that with Ugali and the young players. Uh, so that's just the way. It's 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 the it's the the name of the beast, and that's why they're always got a relatively young squad. And then another issue he mentioned is. Uh, with their year 12 studies, um, some, it's a bit hard to balance uh, half these players. Uh, they're hard to balance, you know, with training twice or whatnot a week. But in saying that, though, I was very impressed whenever I did see uh, Wagga City Wanderers last year. Uh, and um, because that, whenever they played, they always played the exact same way. It didn't matter who they were playing, um, which is great. But sometimes they were, sometimes they were, sometimes they were caught out. But um, and and that's just uh, that's just natural. I remember Sam telling me that's uh, we're going to we're going to learn from these experiences, and that's what it's all about, bringing up these young players uh, at, at Wagga City. But if they continue to keep building, I know a lot of the coaches I talked to were very complimentary of Wagga and the way they played and how they pushed them to the limit. So uh, I'm 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 intrigued to see how um Wagga go this season and. Regardless if they make the top four or not, I think they've got a very good project building there for the future um, at Wagga City Wanderers. It's a team that reached the final in under 17 a couple of years ago, and, and the team is definitely coming to maturity. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to see to see them playing in their second year in NTLW. 100%. Uh, Michael, any last thoughts before we move on to our last team? Uh, I mean, uh, obviously... They they struggled last season. There's no um, sugarcoating that. Um, but it, it will be see to how it, it'll, sorry it'll be interesting to see how they sort of adapt to um, that style that they do want to play that hard pressing uh, style and if they can sustain that over the ninety minutes, which is something that Sam Gray wants uh, from his playing group. So uh, we did mention that um, they've been doing that for sixty minutes uh, in, in game in games that they um, showcased last year. But it's all about putting that together for a ninety minute. Uh, performance and we know how difficult it can be to play a press-based style for a whole game of uh, 90 minutes so we'll see how they go uh, with that I've got, some, I've got some breaking news uh, in the transfer market that we'll talk about after the West End camera uh, um, Wanderers okay all right very yeah there we go breaking very intriguing news. so that's a stay, great segue. stay tuned everyone I don't, I don't think we could get a bigger segue than that, could we? Uh, so West Canberra Wanderers being coached, player coached by Emma Stanbury. They finished sixth last season. They um, Emma Stanbury, let's not forget, she was supposed to coach Manara originally before uh, Capital Football made their decision. And 
she was only supposed to be a, a player coach per se. As when I mean player coach, I mean like player assistant coach, you know, a part of the coaching staff while she was playing. Now she, uh, then Mark stepped down. Uh, oddly enough, as soon as I was actually going to, yeah, I was about to talk to Mark. And then when that happened, um, I was about to talk to Mark and he's like, oh, sorry, I've stepped down. And then, then uh, Emma's like, yep, I'll be in touch soon. And I ended up having a good chat to Emma. She's uh, very um, passionate about hitting that coaching part. Uh, she's, she said she doesn't really have much left in, in the tank, um, in terms of her playing career. So she's really looking forward to, um, using, uh, these last, you know, season or two or however long she decides to stay in it, to use that playing ability to help the players around her. So when she does become the co- full time, like just coaching, uh, all, all the players will, um, have learned from her in, in, in more, in, in, a, in more of a way than just coaching. So let's go to these, uh, these, uh, you know, breaking news. Uh, West oh, the breaking news signings. Is, the breaking news is not for West Canberra. We'll talk about it after West Canberra. Sorry. Oh, I thought news, you meant about West Canberra. News, no, the breaking news is at Olympic. I'll tell you guys after we after we do that. Okay, segment. sorry. I thought you meant about West Canberra. <laughs> sorry. Right. Yeah. What are the ins and outs at West the Canberra, French, Jeremy? The French accent does that. Um, they, they, lost, <laughs> they, lost, uh, they lost a few players. Obviously, we, we talked about the four that... Uh, went to Olympic, uh, you know, Lucy Darcy, uh, Aisha Deandra, Jemima uh, Miller-Carton, and Anavan der Brook. And, and I think the biggest loss is Christina Esposito, the goalkeeper, was going to to Balkonen. Uh, as far as the of the in, you know, Emma Guo coming from Canberra Olympic uh, can bring a bit of uh, some goals front. Uh, and Emma Stambury is the the big in, right? Um, a W League caliber player who's got such such experience uh, at the high level, who's going to uh, have both hats, coaching and playing, uh, which which can be tricky, you know, um, playing playing and coaching. But uh, during your interview, uh, Matt, which was a, another great piece for for Eminem podcast, um, she she's definitely you know saying that she's comfortable. She has a plan. Uh, she has a an assistant coach or reserves coach that. Um, is you know 100% on board with her vision, uh, and that's going to help her f- from the side. I think she's probably um, the game changer for that team. You know, the the player that can bring uh, that burst of energy whenever it's needed. And I don't I don't expect her to play 90 minutes of every game, but I think she'll be um, you know sort of smart enough to come in to influence the game whenever it matters. Um, the fact that they've kept player like Sarah Winfield is very important. Uh, the fact that um, they've kept still a core group um, that they've also starting to build uh, again not to uh, not to disrespect anything from the past but to build this West End this West Canberra FC as a whole senior group where last year it was a little bit disjointed between reserves and first grade uh, is is probably going to be a big change for uh, for the program uh, and yeah I think having a female coach in the competition is always something to celebrate so I'm very happy to see um, Emma in charge of, of West Canberra FC. As am I, as am I. Michael, any thoughts on West Canberra Wanderers? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the player-coach uh, role that Emma's uh, Stanbury uh, is going to play is going to be pivotal to the success of the team. I think we don't often hear of successful, uh, well, not that many successful stories of player-coach uh, um, scenarios uh, when it when it comes to teams uh, competing in competitions. Uh, simply just based on the fact that um, you know, you're sort of dabbling into into both worlds of trying to be a coach and trying to be a player at the same time when um, when you need to sort of take precedence uh, in one area. That's why you have players and that's why you have coaches. Um, so 
it, it'll be a test uh, for sure for Emma um, uh, in being able to sort of manage her uh, manage her time. I know that she's saying that the playing side has slowed down a bit and that's why she's uh, taking this player coach role so she can focus more on the coaching side of things. But uh, we'll just see how much that comes uh, into uh, effect during the season in terms of, um, you know, teams that she selects, how much um, minutes she's going to give herself uh, to play and if that's going to cause any sort of friction with uh, other players in the in the squad and, and things of that nature. So uh, it, I think it's uh, very important that um, she uh, sticks to... Um, as best as she, as she can uh, to keep those two uh, separate. It will be hard, um, like, like I said, but uh, it's a challenge that um, she uh, won't shy away from, and that's why she's um, taking this role. Yeah, very very well said, Michael. And I, I, I do think uh, they're going to find it difficult this year, uh, mostly because of all the departures. And, yeah, un- unfortunately for Emma, most of that happened before she was even before Mark even stepped down as coach. So already you're coming in as coach late, but then you have to deal with trying to replace all these players. So they're going to find it difficult, but at the end of the day, Emma has, Emma has the, Emma has the, she has the character. She has the experience from playing at the highest level uh, in Australian women's football. And um, if any, if anyone could sort of uh, turn, uh, uh, turn it around at West Canberra Wanderers, it's her. And I know the, the, the players respect her a lot, uh, she's got that sort of respect, sort of like the Sykes sisters do, and 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 the Gills and the Palombies of of the league, um, in that regard. So, so it's uh, it's going to be difficult for them this season because of all the mass, uh, huge amounts of departures. But um, I'm intrigued to see how they go. Uh, Jeremy, any last thoughts before we move on? Yeah, just just you know, best of luck to Emma with that uh, player coach role, and hopefully we we do get a success story about definitely a complicated situation having both hats uh, at the end of the season. Uh, and the reserves grade made it to the final last year, so there is talent uh, in West Camp, right? So hopefully Emma is going to be able to uh, to take the best of it. Okay, now Jeremy, what's this news before we uh, quickly break there's down the, the first round? There's there's one player that I've been chasing the whole off season, wondering where she was going to play, uh, how good as she is. Uh, so it's now official: Rachel Hardwick has signed with Canberra Olympic. Oh wow, big, big, that's big, good. Big, wow. big 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 signing for Canberra Olympic. Uh, I spoke to Nicole a, a, a little bit a while ago, and and she said that she was trying to get her in. Um, and, and she confirmed, text, she just texted me while, uh, while we're doing this podcast right now, uh, that Rachel is officially uh, a player at O'Connor. They're such a big win for Olympic. It's almost, almost game-changing, right? Because now you have somebody who can hold the midfield as well as uh, Nicole could almost. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, I mean, so, so much can be told said about Rachel Hardwick and her ability to score from any position and her leadership uh, in Monaro. Big loss, obviously, for uh, for the program uh, at Monaro because we, we were hoping that maybe she was, um, you know, sticking around to help um, at the at the state league level. Uh, but big win for the NPL, NPLW as a whole, I think. No, 100%, absolutely, hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, I was, I was I was wondering as well. I was talking to a few coaches saying, "Oh, where's you know." I was going to talk to Paul. I was talking to Paul Townsley. Where's she going to go? And no one really, no one really knew. I heard that she was going to take a sabbatical, take a year off. Um, but there we go. That's awesome. And not just that. That's quite a few goals now between uh, you got Ashley Sykes and then you got her as well. Um, I'm even more intrigued to see Canberra Olympic play this season. So onto the round one preview. Uh, Michael, what is our first matchup? 
Yeah, so we've got Belconnen United up against Wagga City Wanderers uh, Saturday, April 10th, 3pm at McKellar Park. Uh, obviously, Belconnen United are coming off uh, that successful charity uh, Shield victory over the current champions, Canberra, Croatia. They're full of confidence and a, they've adapted a very attacking and possession-based um, you know, uh, style uh, and they'll be matching that up against uh, a side like uh, Wagga City uh, Wanderers uh, under Sam Gray. Uh, they they won't hold uh, they won't hold back that's for sure, um, and they'll look to uh, continue to play their game that we've mentioned before, um, the philosophy that they'll try and implement uh, over a ninety minute uh, period. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I think uh, my prediction for this match uh, I've got to go with uh, the home side, Belcon United, coming off uh, that success uh, in the Charity Shield, uh, beating Canberra Croatia. I think it's a good way uh, to always start. Uh, your preseason, uh, especially when there's uh, a trophy uh, at the start as well, kind of gives you a, a bit of a confidence boost, especially over Canberra Croatia as well. So they'll be raring to go. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I was very impressed with uh, Bill Connor, like I said before, in the Charity Shield, especially you, and I thought she was fantastic. Um, you know, for only her second match, I believe she did play one match last year. I'm not sure how long for, but she definitely played one match last year in MPLW. Um, look, Wagga are going to, they're going to continue doing what uh, doing what they do. They're going to continue building the progress. However, I think uh, with the with with the work that Mikey uh, Michael Zakowski has done there, I, I think it it could it was um sorry what, how can I say this better? This was um it was clear from the charity shield that his his philosophy is already hit and they've already hit the ground running. I mean I mean despite whether um Palombi and Gill start on the bench at the end of the day. The majority of that side still were the grand uh, were the finals uh, were the finalists and won the title last year and they played them off the park for the majority of the match. So I think um, it looks like they've already um, got the ball rolling in that regard and I think they'll have uh, a little too much for Walker City Wanderers. I think we'll see the and not just that I think we'll see the best of Walker City Wanderers uh, about halfway uh, through the season. That's yeah, my pick to the Bell Cotton. How about you, Jeremy? I. I mean, you know, anything else than a win by Belconnen will be considered an upset. So I think uh, getting Belconnen as, as the winner is probably the, the easy bet there. Michael will want to show everyone that his team uh, doesn't didn't win uh, the charity till by luck or just because Grace Gill wasn't playing. Uh, so I, I would expect him to start to start with a bang and with a win uh, at home at there. New, newly refound home, if that's English enough, uh, Makela. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely go for a Balkan and win. And uh, next uh, one, and the next matchup is West Canberra Wanderers versus Canberra Olympic Sunday, April eleventh, twelve thirty p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. It seems to be the new time there for the men's and women's senior games yeah. at Melrose Synthetic. Um, so, of course, this is the battle of the two new female managers that have entered the league in Nicole Begg and Emma Stanbury. Uh, and of course, there's already the um, uh, the clear um, storyline here of four or five former players from West Canberra Wanderers who are now going to be playing for Olympic and straight away, they're going to be facing their old side. Um, look, I, I, I think considering the way they've recruited and considering all the positive, all the positiveness going around Olympic right now, it's going to be difficult for West Canberra Wanderers to defeat Olympic on the day. And especially with the introduction of uh, Rachel Hardwick and Ash Sykes, uh, you just see goals there. And um, 
it's going to take, and not just that, it's going to take a little bit of time for West Canberra Wanderers to compile themselves and get used to each other with uh, all the players that have come in to replace the players that were there last season. So I think we'll see the best of West Canberra Wanderers further on in the season as well. So I'm going for a Canberra Olympic uh, victory. What about you, Michael? Yeah, I mean, don't want to harp on too much. I'm just going to, I would have just echoed the same sentiments uh, there, Matt, uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, I, I think, uh, like you said, the one of the big narratives around that is the four players that have left uh, West Canberra Wanderers and have made the switch over to Canberra uh, Olympic, and obviously the big news that uh, Jeremy broke as well as well with Hardwick. So um, I'm, I'm expecting a Canberra Olympic uh, victory. What about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, I I'd like to hope that it's going to be a tight game. Uh, just for the, the little little things, you know the. They are playing on the synthetic when O'Connor has all but the quality of the synthetic, um, the the grass over there. Uh, so that could be something that could play to the advantage of West Canberra. And West Canberra last year has been solid defensively, and and most of those players are still uh, in there. So so you know I'm I'm thinking that maybe maybe Nicole Beg doesn't have her squad completely ready either. Um, so I. I I actually would probably I'd go for a draw there. I'll uh, I'll think that maybe Olympic is not uh, 100% ready to to go off the back, uh, and I'd go for a draw. There we go. I'll take the risk, and then you can tell me that I was completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what's our next matchup? All right, so we've got uh, Canberra Croatia, obviously up against uh, CUA uh, Sunday, April 11th, 2:30 at Deakin Stadium. Uh, obviously, we've harped on about how well. Um, CUA did uh, last year in terms uh, from a technical standpoint, but they struggled uh, physically. Uh, so that's something that um, Canberra Croatia will obviously look to um, focus on uh, to get over uh, CUA. Uh, Canberra Croatia will be looking to make a statement, um, obviously considering they lost the Charity Shield match uh, to Belcon and uh, United as well, they'll be looking to bounce back. Uh, in a big way. So you almost wouldn't want to play Canberra Croatia first game of the season after um, them suffering a defeat like that. So you can expect a big reaction. Um, so I'm going to go for a Canberra Croatia win at home. Yeah, I, I, I would have said the exact same thing that you said there. It's all about um, out of all the teams that um, out of all the teams that CUA can play, they, uh, the, the, the one team they don't match up well with in terms of physicality is Canberra Croatia. Uh, for all the reasons I, I I mentioned about 30 minutes ago. So I, I think it's going to be a Canberra Croatia victory, but I, I'm intrigued this and and not to mention that they're going to be raring to go, especially after that loss in the charity shield. But I'm, I'm intrigued to see how Ca- uh, Canberra United Academy go. I mean, if they, if they can keep the ball and they can, and they can, um, and they can uh, quickly uh, get, uh, you know, uh, quickly uh, find the spaces in the uh, Canberra Croatia defense, they could cause some issues, but I'm going with the Canberra Croatia victory. Here. Jeremy. Yeah, I don't see Canberra United um, winning anything before Sasha Grove comes back. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just joking, obviously. Uh, I, I think um, I think it'll it'll be a very interesting game because um, Canberra Croatia had a very very tough start of the season last year, and you know they they the, the first three wins that they get, they just get them four three one zero. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how ready. Uh, Nick's team is, you know, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a, a hundred meter this season. So uh, he doesn't have to be ready straight away. Uh, whether Canberra United is a, a team that has been training at full speed 
since December. They didn't really have a break like other team might have a break being an academy. Um, so, so I think that based on you know what we know and how good Canberra Croatia can be, it should be an easy one for Canberra Croatia. But I also think that I don't expect Canberra Croatia to be ready game one or game two. They they're here to play the long game. They're here to get into the final, uh, and they have players that they have to. Um, I guess manage as far as form and as far as the ability to play 21 games. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not completely on a on a Canberra Croatia game. I, I can see maybe an upset on that one. So what is your prediction? Uh, I'll, I'll give the win to Academy. Okay, there we go. Jeremy, uh, are you just trying to make up over here, you, Jeremy? Well, well I mean, you know, we're not going to all say the same thing all the time. And yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's I'm giving true. some more love to to Academy, trying to get into their good papers. In all your written, all your written previews there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was not always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next up, the final match of the round, we've got Gangalan United against Tuggeranong United. We all know the way uh, Gangalan played, but let's not forget that uh, Tuggeranong last year made it difficult for Gangalan in this exact same encounter. It took until the 80th minute. I think I said 20 minutes before the game. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's the last 10 minutes it took them yeah, to sure. uh, get those two goals for Gungahlin United. Um, but in saying that, though, I lo- um, there's just been a... For, for me, there's just been a little too much change at Tuggeron United for them to hit the ground running uh, right away. Uh, and Gungahlin, as we've said, they've got mostly the exact same core group. And... And their chemistry will just be a lot higher at the moment than Tuggeranong's will with all the changes that have happened there. Uh, so I'm, I'm going for a Gungahlin United victory, but it won't be it won't be a thrashing or anything like that. I think it'll be, yeah, it'll be a couple goals, but it won't be a it won't be a thrashing at all. Uh, Michael, yeah, I think it'll be a lot closer than what most people will anticipate. I think uh, we, we've obviously talked about how good of a side Gungahlin United are um, technically. Um, and the sort of different formations that they're able to adapt to and play during uh, uh, different games against different opponents. Uh, so you can expect them to play a certain way. And if that's not working against uh, Tuggeron, they'll most likely switch it up. Diego uh, Iglesias will not hesitate to do that as, as he's uh, proved to do that uh, for a while now uh, in matches at Gungahlin. So, um, I mean, if you're Tuggeron, I mean, we've talked about, um, you know the the struggles that they've endured throughout the the preseason and and whatnot, trying to assemble a playing group to um, take on uh, the twenty twenty one campaign. But um, you know they can they can go in uh, to this match uh, with their heads held high, most certainly, and going with a lot of confidence and look to frustrate uh, Gungahlin. I, I think that's all you can do against a side that's you know probably you know well more technically better and, and might be the better team uh, overall when you look at the personalities in the lineup. But um, I think your main focus there would just to be frust- would be to frustrate uh, Gungahlin United. And then when they do turn the ball over, you look to execute and hit, hit them on the counter-attack. Um, so we'll see what sort of um, game plan uh, Michael uh, Aldred uh, adopts uh, for this uh, encounter against Gungahlin United. But I'm still expecting a Gungahlin United uh, win, but you never know uh, what's in that uh, handbook, uh, Jeremy. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you but you boys are probably in the right there. I, I definitely see a, a Gungalin win. I mean, 
what we saw last year is when Gungalin struggled, uh, it's because they play against teams that are compact and defensive and don't let them develop their game. So, you know, if that's the game plan Tergrenong uh, adopts for that first game, that could be a problem for Gungalin. And then it's going to be a matter of do they break the deadlock before they get frustrated or is that the other way around? Um, there's so much talent in that um, in that black and white team, though, you know, there's they're strong in every in every sector of the of the pitch. Uh, so, yeah, I do see a win for Gongalin. You you got to hope for Thurgrenong that they're able to to yeah, keep that deadlock locked for as long as possible. And then maybe the dart can come. But, uh, yeah, it looks like a Gongalin win to me. Uh, I think that's mostly a wrap for us uh, today, boys. So thank you very much. Jeremy, thank you very much for joining us. The MPLW Thanks for guru having me, guys. Uh, of the last uh, two years, uh, 2020 and 2021. Uh, any, do you want to plug your uh, your French podcast before you, uh, <laughs> you head off and your upcoming MPLW preview? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, well, I guess, sorry, we should mention that the first game that we're commenting is going to be yeah. Canberra Croatia versus Canberra Intel Academy uh, on Bar TV as usual. Uh, and what a game to start, you know, the, the champions uh, against the, the up-and-coming um, the up and coming team every year, right? Um, but yeah, no, thanks for having me again, uh, MNM Podcast. Thanks, Michael and Matt. Always a, a pleasure being with you guys. Um, the, the French football podcast is called uh, Farmers Corners FC. Uh, and we are in the in the last 10 game of the season and Paris Saint-Germain might not win the, the Ligue 1 for once. So, uh, so I'm pretty excited uh, whenever <laughs> I do the podcast right now. And I'm actually getting quite a few guests from the other team that are playing for the title. So, so next episode will be with... Uh, with a Lyon expert who's going to tell me why the team that I hate might still win the, the Ligue 1 and, and we'll see where, where that brings us. But uh, um, th- thanks for having me on the pod, Gay. Always a, always a pleasure chatting with you too. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Michael, any uh, last words before we uh, say goodbye until round one? Oh, I mean, it's good that we've uh, been able to knock off all the uh, previews for the three um, <laughs> premier competitions. Um, obviously, we've done a back-to-back this week, so uh, we've worked really hard. Um, it, it, it's been good uh, in, in a way to, um, I, you know, c- cover each team in each competition at depth um, and get the different personalities like Russ Gibbs, who's amazing, as as like yourself, Jeremy, who, who have such thorough knowledge, um, in the game here in Canberra. So um, all we can do now is look forward to round one um, and expect some, uh, who knows, maybe some upsets, some great goals. Um, We'll just wait and see. Oh, we certainly will. We certainly will. Now, thank you very much, guys. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, the in-depth stuff there. I I really felt like, you know, like thanks everyone for sitting through it because I really felt like for the previews, especially every team deserves to, you know, get an in-depth re an in-depth preview an in-depth, you know, look and an in-depth word per se. Um, as Russ likes to say, there's never, uh, never enough football. So, uh, so thank you everybody. And thank you everyone for tuning into the premiers. It looks like it's working out well. I was just, as, as we record this right now, I just, I actually just got a few messages about, uh, the premier for the MPL two one. Right. And um, the MPL2 love it. Uh, so thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for all the listeners. And yeah, let's get ready. The next time we'll see you will be to review round one and to preview round two. So that's in a couple of weeks time. So I'm just looking forward to the season to start. So uh, thank you very much, everybody. And have a good Easter.